with or without crowd noise, what COVID-19 era reveals about sports and us by Kevin Kennedy. Hockey without fans. It's what Boldriard called hyper-reality, an illusion we kind of know isn't real, but kind of accept because we need it. Watching NHL games in empty arenas with phantom crowds cheering, we know there's no one there, but we're comfortable, even comforted by the illusion. But why is it so jarring to see McDavid or Crosby competing without fans? And why are we so untroubled by the dissonance of a crowd that isn't actually there? It all comes down to the functions of sports and the emotional and psychological roles that sports play. In essence, sports are skill-based activities and skill demonstration may be so gratifying because of our earliest days as hunter-gatherers, highly developed expertise often meant the difference between life and death. And the notion of life and death is important because sports combine skill demonstration with competition, uncertainty, and risk. With skill comes status, but in competition that skill must be gambled. Sports demand that expertise is demonstrated in opposition, set against not only the workings of chance, but also the will of another person and it must be demonstrated again and again, raising the stakes and captivating the viewer. Why is risk so compelling? In one sense, it's because of the bravery, but also because of the failure. Sports perform the cathartic function of allowing us to feel emotions associated with risk and uncertainty, without actually exposing ourselves to them. Identifying with the players, we can feel their joy in victory and pain in defeat without our own value or status ever being called into question. This is an important human need because we have many emotions that are difficult to process and which require symbolic means of resolution. Anger about work, frustrations towards our partner, crippling self-doubts and anxiety, all of these can be symbolically projected onto the game. Choosing a team, I project my own hopes and fears onto the uncertainty of the contest, the will of the opposing team and the potentially catastrophic effects of chance. Thus transposed, I have a socially acceptable means of discharging hate and rage, the safe performance of which has a tension-relieving and stabilizing effect on the psyche. I can experience unrestrained euphoria, scream at the top of my lungs, and punch the air in victory. And in defeat, I can wallow in the full expression of horror and regret without having to undergo any of the real loss that I fear. Sports allow us a kind of emotional purification, both individual and collective, that in the past, required complex religious rituals and rites. But this therapeutic and symbolic power depends on one thing. It's what gives sports their power. And it's the absence of which that makes COVID-19 era sports so jarring. It's human emotional investment. Without it, the activities themselves are meaningless. A puck and a net have no inherent significance. They only have power because we animate them with our own emotion and psychological needs. In COVID-19 sports, this complicated illusion breaks down. The activities are left naked so that their symbolic meanings can no longer hold. The standard critique of hockey is that it's simply a bunch of grown men slapping a puck around and played out in front of 50,000 empty seats. That's precisely what it's revealed to be. Without the projected emotional needs of thousands of desperate humans behind it, NHL hockey really is just a bunch of grown men slapping a puck around, even if you appreciate and understand the skill that's being demonstrated. And this is why the phantom crowd is so welcome. This is why our brain will happily incorporate the visual oral dissonance. Because we need the roar of the crowd so deeply without really understanding the full.